0: Welcome to day 316 of the New Way. I'll read Matthew 27, 3 through 10. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and the elders. I have sinned, he said for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priest picked up the coins and said, it is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me." I think this remorse is just more evidence that it was Satan's plan, and not necessarily Judas's, to betray Jesus. I've always felt that Judas just wanted to force Jesus to announce his kingdom so that he could be the chief financial officer. And I believe that when Satan entered Judas, he promised him a lot of things that didn't happen. Sin is always like that. It promises us many things but doesn't deliver or doesn't deliver very long. If Satan told you that dating that bad boy would lead to your being abused and your children abused and you ending up in prison or living on the streets, Satan wouldn't get many takers. So what he tells you is that it will be fun and daring and exciting. And it is for a while. If Satan had told you that lying about your work experience would lead to a life of hiding and misery and constant fear of being discovered, You wouldn't have followed so easily, but he told you it would lead to better assignments, better pay, and a life of ease. If we are honest, sin has some really attractive features, but so does the bait on a fish hook, to a fish at least. Judas got the money he craved. Received the approval of the Jewish council, which was probably important to him. And he probably even felt really big and important leading a whole cohort of men through the city of Jerusalem. He was the man of the hour. But it didn't last long. So he attempts to make things right. He takes back the money. But the council won't take it back, so he throws it on the floor of the temple. He can't undo what he has done, so he bails. He chooses suicide. Suicide was almost unheard of when I was younger. Now it is a common, everyday occurrence. Do you know that it is not the way out? It is the way to eternity. Life does not end at the end of this life. That sounds weird. But you and I are eternal beings. Death just brings us to the next step. Scripture tells us that the next step is judgment. Hebrews nine twenty-seven. Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment. So Judas tried to escape his mistake by taking care of it by self. Instead of going to God and confessing his sin, he was practicing the Jewish law. The law taught that if you killed a person, you had to die. Judas was still trapped by his own religious beliefs. I feel sorry for him and wished that he had made better choices while he spent time with Jesus. But the truth of the matter is not everyone will choose to follow Jesus, no matter how much we love them or how much we tell them about Jesus. It's their choice the priests are left with the problem of what to do with the pieces of silver. They choose to purchase a field, the one where Judas committed suicide, and make it a burial ground for non-Jews. In other words, they didn't want anyone asking questions about Judas's death, so they had it cleaned up quickly and brushed aside. It may have stayed totally quiet, until these books were written and their guilt was proclaimed all over Israel and now the whole world. Judas tried to deal with his sin by legalistic religion. The priest chose to deal with their sin by saying it was not their problem and then doing a good deed, providing a burial ground to foreigners to try to make up for it or to appease their God. How do you deal with your sin? For years I knew that Jesus would forgive me but I still felt that I had to do something to make up for my sin. Some religions call that doing penance. Doing penance teaches that for every sin you commit You've got to do so many good deeds to pay for it. If it were possible for this to work, then Jesus didn't need to die. It took me years to realize that not only was this unnecessary, but it was Satan's way to make me feel that I, myself, could deal with my own sins. I still have to remind myself that doing penance or trying to make it up when I sin is also sin. Accepting the responsibility for the consequences is right and good, but trying to make up or compensate or pay for our sins is from self. I'll read Romans 6:23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Only through the blood of Jesus can our sin be paid for and we can be set free from this price tag. Praise be to the Lamb of God who came to pay for the sins of the whole world. We don't have to pay the price. It's already paid in full. All we must do is ask, and his blood covers all our sins, past, present, and future. Now, I feel... I should add that sin usually comes with consequences. God in His mercy sometimes removes the consequences for our sins, but in many cases, He gives us the strength and grace to accept them. So don't think that when God pays for the sin that He always removes the natural consequences. For example, If we steal something that is not ours, we can confess it to God and he will forgive us. But he may lead us to repay it or we may lose our job or spend time in jail as a consequence. In his service, Dale.